From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue and flourishing fresh Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, we talk with Beth Porth, designer and writer for the farming sim Verdant Skies, discuss narrative design and games. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Welcome Yay. back, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this been a is, little bit. Yeah. This is your third appearance on the show. Yep. Yeah. But it's the first without adorable baby Gabe. <laughs> so my question to you is, why didn't you bring him here to entertain us? <laughs> because uh, she wants a break. <laughs> well. Maybe. Um, because I would not be able to keep him quiet by myself without <laughs> Andy here also. So he'd be going, ma, ma. <laughs> That's right. Uh, your husband Andy is also not here, but we care a little less about that. <laughs> Burn. Well, we've had you on to talk about uh, in one of our earliest episodes. You guys talked about your uh, um, Steam Greenlight campaign yes. for Verdant Skies. That's how long ago it was. Wow. Greenlight was a thing. <laughs> And then we had you back to talk about uh, Verdant Skies on a video episode yes. where we yeah. dug into a little bit of the code of the project. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, we're now having you on. For what reason, Stephen? Uh, we we're going to talk about narrative design. <laughs> I consider you the expert in, in Minnesota for narrative design. Uh, I will not take that many <laughs> okay. Fair no. enough. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to, I wanted to like, ask specifically, like, how do you even start? Uh, so I personally start in my head. Okay. Um, so like with Verdant Skies, I think I did like most of the world building in my brain before I ever actually wrote anything down. Oh, okay. Um, so like kind of was like we knew we wanted to be working on a game that was like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley and stuff like that. Well, yeah. Stardew Valley was kind of still in development when we started like our concepting and everything. Ah. Um, but like we knew the genre and everything. And so I was kind of thinking like, what could make it more interesting than just another like, Oh, ye old farm town that you move into your uncle's farm or your aunt's farm or your grandma's farm. <laughs> um, so we decided on like a sci-fi spin. And so I was kind of like, what would that world look like? And what kind of like would the social aspects be and like economics and like political stuff. And we wanted it to be something that was kind of, uh, you could identify with, but it was also like far enough away that some of the themes that we bring up aren't necessarily attacking like America today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why like we called it the home world. I think, I think that stuck through. We didn't call it earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, so like, yeah, you were in your head des- designing it a lot. Yeah. So I would think about like, what well, like what would the political climate be like? What would mm-hmm. this mega corp be wanting to do? Like, um, and then like kind of had a general idea before I sat down with Andy and was like, okay, so here's kind of the theme I want. Uh, like what kind of people should we put there? Mm-hmm. Cause you have like, we knew we wanted you to be able to like interact with all of the NPCs that we chose. We wanted you to be able to like get to know them and date them and everything. Sure. Yeah. But then it was like, how many do we need? Like as far as roles to introduce mechanics and stuff like that. And then how many do we want just to make sure that it's like interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. So we had started out with the 12 as like our hope to finish. And then we were like minimum of these four. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were thinking about scope early on, but maybe not too early on. 
Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be big. And mm-hmm. we had time before Gabe was born. We were like, oh, this will be great. It'll be easy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were definitely, like, kind of doing, like, okay, this would be the bare minimum that we'd be happy with. But, like, we'd like to do this. So we did start with, like, the first four characters mm-hmm. and then added the next one or two sure. in, like, smaller little yeah. packets. So mm-hmm. so you said that you would, uh, like, discussed with Annie, like, what kind of characters uh, were, should be in the game. How did you come to the conclusion? Like, what characters should be in there? Uh, so it was kind of like we looked at the games that inspired us, and it was like, um, so how did we end up with this singer, I guess? It's kind of funny. <laughs> so she, originally, we, like, thought about the people. There's always, like, a restaurant in town or a bar or something like that. And so, mm-hmm. like, she was just going to be, like, the person who ran the restaurant. And then we decided, like, as we were talking about it, like, the food was kind of, like, not something we wanted you to be able to just go and buy. So it was Uh like, well, it's kind of silly to have a restaurant if you can't buy the food. So let's just make her an entertainer. So like, I mean, what would you want on a planet? So like you need someone to lead them and like you need someone to sell you things. Uh Um, And then you need someone like to protect you because you're on an alien world. So like, that's kind of like, we just kind of went through like what roles would actually be good. Mm -hmm. Um, And they changed a little bit here and there. We, we had, 20 possibilities and it was like these 12 like would make sense everything else is just kind of like mm, for fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we still ended up with some that are like mm, for fun because like the artist and the singer and the well, tailor yeah you need stuff like that like <clears throat> what's the quote like artists will bring civilization back or something if it ever falls apart yeah so you need stuff like that Especially if you're like far away on a planet. Makes total sense to me. I didn't question it at all when I played, so. (laughs) Good, then it makes sense. (laughs) Also, I imagine there's something to a player seeing the system. If they see every component part all fitting together like a perfect jigsaw puzzle, then maybe it's not as appealing as something that's a little bit like not what they expect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of happiness and complaints about how we don't quite fit in the same like niches most of the games in the genre mm-hmm. um some people are really happy and some people aren't but i think that's, <laughs> that's how steam is <laughs> i mean your game is the only one with gene splicing in it that i've ever seen so that is the one thing people like yeah. <laughs> well i mean maybe you can talk a little bit about that reaction and like did you did any of that surprise you or did any of the positive reactions surprise you and how it was positive or Anything, anything on that dimension? I, I'm always surprised, and I do want to recommend, uh, don't ever read the reviews. <laughs> I, I did, and I, I did. I read, I read them all for a while because I wanted, I wanted to fix it if it was broken, yeah. and like finally Andy convinced me it's not broken, it's what you wanted to make, and I was like, yeah, so forget <laughs> them. <laughs> um, but it was a surprise to me that it was all, like it ended up being positive mm-hmm. and like, very positive and not like mixed because it was kind of putting some things out there that I wasn't sure would be well received by mm-hmm. like a lot of the reviews that I've seen in like Steam community yeah, type yeah. stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, so either the trolls haven't found us or they don't think we're worth it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I've seen some of the reviews on the Steam page and just my c- casual inspection is that the game has been received incredibly well. But then I'm not looking at every little negative one and letting that get get you know it, under my skin. Yeah, not into your soul. <laughs> they are feeding into your soul. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it basically uh, 
the majority of the reviews are pretty happy with the things, the choices that we've made. Yeah. Um, because they are kind of unique. Um, and I don't know, I think like comparatively we do offer something that Stardew doesn't and that my time at Porsche doesn't and stuff like that. So. Right. Right. So, cause I think I imagine, um, from what I know of, of that genre is the familiarity is a really important part of why people come to it. So it must've been nice to see that people appreciated the unique aspects. Yeah, that was actually, I don't know. I don't think it was the official steam review. It was one of the people who wrote a thing about us early on said that we were the spiritual successor to harvest moon of the nineties, yeah. which was like one of the last good ones. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, we did it. Like, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> nice. Like it's, it's, spiritually in the same vein but like right, it offers right. a unique take so we're not like just a clone mm-hmm. <clears throat> awesome. yeah uh so um uh, you were talking about a little bit about this like the, the design of it how did you how did you merge the narrative and the game design together something i've always been interested in because i want more of that in games yeah so um i guess hmm. so it was like we had the the narrative, the overreaching narrative of like, it's going to be set in space. Sure. Yeah. And so then like, there were some like things that came up that like, okay, so there's not going to be someone coming to collect your goods outside of your house because how are they going to get back to the planet? So we're like, uh-huh, we're just going to beam them out. So <laughs> like, <laughs> we came up with a lot of things that um, kind of like married it together. So it's like, it made sense in that, like the genetic splicing, like you wouldn't, like you wouldn't expect you to be able to go to an alien planet and like have all this cool stuff and not be able to like modify your crops. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of like one of the things where we like really sat down and we were like, what, what benefits and what challenges does setting the game like on an alien world have? And so like going through all of those was where we came up with like the teleporting your stuff. um, And then like having a security person, because like, what if there is stuff up there? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just to assume you're safe on a planet, you never know. Um, and things like that. Um, does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that like it. It seems to me that the narrative d- design sort of designed the game in a way for you. Yeah, and like, I mean, like there were game design decisions we made, like before we even decided it was going to be in outer space. Like when we were talking about like the games that had been made in the genre, and like things that we didn't like about those games and things that we did like about those games. And like the tool system was one of the first things I was like, we're not doing that. Like 80 things in my backpack just so I can like (laughs) till and hoe and like, (laughs) sow one seed. Yeah. And so that's like the tool menu, like the automatically choosing the right tool to interact with things. Like was Mm -hmm. something we like picked before the narrative was even super fleshed out. It Mm -hmm. was just kind of like, this definitely has to happen. And so that's kind of like why, People are like, why do you have an axe on an alien planet when you have like a saw or like a chainsaw <laughs> or like a drill or whatever for breaking the rocks? And it's like, no, because that was already done before we knew it was in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. So it seems like, yeah, you had enough of each to sort of inform each other as you went forward. Yeah. And to justify each other even. That, that's kind of one of the things like we were talking early on that like the narrative is an important part of games in that genre. And like the characters, like that's why I play those games. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like Andy's like, well, I play them to make the best crop and get rich. And I'm like, yeah, that's (laughs) another thing. (laughs) A balance. Like we wanted to make sure that we continually checked in while we were developing to make sure that it was like, yeah, I would still enjoy this if it was that way. Or like, uh, that makes that breaks the narrative for me. I can't do that. 
Um, so it was really fun, like having someone else who enjoyed the game, like doing the technical stuff while I was like crafting the world. Mm -hmm. So that sounds really fantastic hand in hand, but Andy's not here. So (laughs) can you tell us about the fights you had in one? Oh, um, I think the tools, how they ended up is a fight that I might have won, but I don't remember exactly how that went. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time since we developed. Um, I don't know. Like it was, it was always silly things. Like I'm trying to think like the layout of the town at one point was kind of a like thing where we were like, well, that wouldn't make sense. And it's like, do we need roads? Like, I think that was something that we like discussed, uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. cause art's expensive. Yeah. 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 And so it was like, I would tell him I want something and it would be like, well, that's a new art thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see. And it's like, oh yeah. Must've been handy to have that excuse. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so, I mean, we didn't really fight about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my lack of um, enthusiasm to write once Gabe was born. <laughs> uh, that wasn't necessarily fighting, but it yeah. was kind of like, hey, Beth, you want to write? Not today. <laughs> that, that was like alternate Beth coming out a lot. So um, it's a miracle the game was released. <laughs> uh, I have to give Andy credit for that. Like, just he's like, it's going to go out on this day, whether you're done or not. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> I've had, I was glad to hear that you've made up a lot of it in your head beforehand because that's what I've been doing with the game I've been working on so far is like I haven't writ- written very much of it down or coded very much of it yet but it's like in my head but then I feel like when I go to write it down it's like trying to write down a dream sometimes where it's like oh this made total sense in my head but when you actually like put it down well once you get it down yeah, then like, there are things that isn't anymore yeah in your head everything seems perfect so this is actually oh snap! Ooh, we got props. The naming of um, Burden Skies started under Galactic Gardener, and we got Planetary Pioneers. We like the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> so for folks at home, Beth has a notebook showing us just the sort of like sketches and, and writings from the earliest notes. So I wrote down tons of like words that I thought about, and then like was going through and picking out ones that I thought went well together and like I circled like bloom and seeds of hope that might be a sequel someday you never know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then like I drew this little sketch of oh yeah this is like this is what the title screen will look like there's a little racket that's my racket Uh. Um, yeah so that was like how that was the first like stuff I wrote down Mm -hmm. was trying to name the game that already existed in my head and then uh, I wrote down a bunch of intros and the intro went through several iterations uh, and then I started like some of the character dialogues, like these are things they'd say. And then I wrote down like relationship arcs and then scribbled them out and wrote them over again <laughs> and then didn't follow them anyway. <laughs> wow. This is so cool. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah. So, and then like I started, this is the first interactive one, I think. So like, uh, I have all these things that are supposed to happen and then it's, Hey, are you okay? And it's like, yes or no. And then I was like, no, you know what? I want to make something better. And so then like I would go through and. <laughs> iterate on those but that's that's the beginning of Rudin Skies the first like that's all I wrote down on paper <laughs> that's amazing that's cool to have that's like really a little cool. artifact of that yeah and it was you know? actually just in my bag because this is where I write all my crap down so, <laughs> like there's like grocery lists back here a little further and stuff would, would it be okay if we took a couple pictures of those? Yeah, yeah not your grocery list no, no. <laughs> uh, I mean you never know we could use that too <laughs> good, but it would probably not taste good and then like there's these guys here are oh. um, the other relationship well all the relationship arcs 
Oh, that's so cool. And it's like, like a kind of a flow chart. For, like when you have a baby and you're, wow. you move in with them and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I don't even know if we actually used all of these. Um, but that was like the first, like these are, we knew we wanted more than like two relationship events per character. So we like right. just mapped them all out. <clears throat> and actually, now that I look, I think that, yep. Ramon doesn't have any until number six, so I made up the first five on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, it was in your head for the longest time, and then there's the first getting it down, but it wasn't in stone yet at that point. Nope. It was just to get it out of your head. Yeah, so, like, I, I knew, like, the lives that these characters live. So, like, the characters already exist, and the events that happen are in-game, but, like, the characters were alive and doing things without us there, which is why the player character like does have some experiences where the NPCs interact without them. Cause it's like, Hey, they have stuff going on that you're not involved in. Right. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> and you can see it, but like they definitely were alive in my head before I ever like decided how they'd interact with the player. Right. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that's great because then you, you can provide context for when they do interact with the player. Yep. Right. Cause I think a lot of times there's that, it, it, there's sort of a um, double-edged sword. Like the player wants to be experience everything that's available, but then that's not practical or realistic from a, a, a narrative perspective. And so you have to develop them apart from the character to make them make the experience with the character richer. But the character still wants to. The player still wants to like see it all. Yeah, right? and that's that's why we do let them have those like events where the two and. NPCs interact like they can't see the player because then you kind of have an idea of what they're doing behind sure. your back. Or like in some of the relationship events, there'll be two characters talking and like, oh, that's that's kind of hard. Like that's how it is with my family or whatever. And it's like, oh, hi, player. What are you doing here? Interrupting our personal conversation. Um, so that was like, mm -hmm. I always tried to imply that they were real people with things going on that didn't yeah. involve the player. But then also, um, I think you mentioned this uh, on a previous episode you were on, but like mechanically, you can have a relationship with all the characters. Nothing yep. is locked off from you the way it can be in games like this. And that, uh, what's the narrative dimension to that? Because I think that's to service the player's desire to experience it all. Yeah, so that that's, I don't know if I'm happy with how that ended up still, mm. but it, so, I have feels about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have feels about this because I have feels about how AAAs handle it and stuff too. Because okay. it's it's one of those things where it's like, it was hard because allowing you to date all of the characters or any of the characters and some of them all at the same time, like the reality of like, it's a small planet. Like if I'm dating so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and, -so, and this guy comes over and it's like, oh, are these three going to be like, hey, <laughs> like, it's a small planet, right? Yeah. Um, Everyone just agrees to look the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the social contract on this planet. I mean, there's a few people who are like, no, it's me or nothing or whatever kind of thing. Or some mm -hmm. of them that like wait until you have to get married. Then they're like, you know, then it's like, okay, you have to date me. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, that was hard enough. But then to not have the player elect to identify a gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, also kind of was like, okay, well, like, I wrote that character to be gay. But, like, he might not be if the player <laughs> yeah. is identifying as a woman. Yeah. But that's okay because, like, the 
the thing as a player that I really hate is not being able to date somebody I want to. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I kind of like let that go. And mm-hmm. it's like, if people get it, they get it. And it's not. Yeah. So like the best that you can really get is like all of them are bisexual, I guess. Because yeah. like they'll date you however mm-hmm. you're presenting. Sure, sure. Well, you can, I mean, as a player, you could, you could, you could decide how it works either way. You could say, yeah. uh, because I'm ad- identifying as this gender as I play, then the person I'm dating is gay or straight, depending. And yeah. that's just the way the world is. But if I was different, then they would they would be the other way. Yeah. Not so, that they are making a choice necessarily, but you make the mechanics loose enough to invite whatever interpretation. Yeah. yeah and I think that's where it kind of, I'm not sure if it works or not, because there are people who like get hung up on that. Yeah. Like one of the last reviews I read. <laughs> uh, was like don't buy this it's not family friendly everybody's bisexual and I was like Wait, what? well they're not there are some that are clearly not but like um, it like if that's how you imagine your player world being like then yeah I guess they are like mm-hmm. yeah so you said it's the player's determination and if you like it you like it and if you don't you don't right um, so yeah it was it was tricky mm-hmm. writing that so that it was believable depending on how the player identified yeah. and everything yeah. and still like being true to the NPCs and who they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've hinted at it. This, this review seemed to have a, a, a bit of a puritanical bent, <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't and like, know. like, you know, like Andy told you, like you made the thing you wanted to make. It's not what they wanted yeah. to get. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Um, but that was a, a big pillar of the narrative design of this game is this idea that you could, you could identify as whatever gender and that the game didn't have an opinion. Yeah. You didn't have to, select an an option in the menus or anything um like uh, how much of that was a drive towards the actual events in the story um well i think like that was just i don't know it was just a big thing in general for me because i see a lot of like my friends and a lot of people i know that are all like oh this game's not for me or like i can't see myself in this game and it's like i just always wanted like in the design of it to be open so that whoever you were, whether you're a straight white guy or you're not, or you're whatever, like you can see yourself in the game. Yeah. And then we failed because the art, a lot of men said they can't see themselves in the game because (laughs) you look very feminine when you choose your character. So I don't know. It was like, it was one of those things that was really important to me, but like you can never always get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody's so different that. I mean, we had so so much art. Yeah. And it was so expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was like we tried so hard. And it's it. like, we've oh, I do it. see. Yeah. They do all look kind of girly a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think as a designer, there are some there are some choices you make about how the character is. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think I would imagine someone's being a little sensitive about, like, <laughs> there are plenty of manly men with feminine features. It's perfectly fine. They really wanted facial hair. Yeah. I have a beard. And I'm like, well... We're out of money, so <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah, right, right. We need right. an update someday. Who yeah. knows? Well, that's that's a that's a pull, definitely. I mean, outside of the 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 charged issues that this brings up, just being how much of the, about this character is is up to you, the designer, versus how much you leave up to the player. Yeah, it can't ever be zero and one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Um, well, actually, so for the people who complain, mm-hmm. I like to refer them to our mods. You can oh, totally hey. make your own art. 
and put yourself in the game if you want. And that doesn't cost you a thing. It doesn't cost me a thing. <laughs> and it doesn't give me anything either because it's just something that you can make for yourself. You don't even have to put it in the workshop. But like yeah. you, you can make a mod to put your picture, like your photograph or whatever, into the game if you oh, want. Fun. Like, you yeah. know, like it's just we give you the art. So you can replace the art with whatever you want. If you want to make everybody My Little Ponies or Pokemon, you can. Like, <laughs> That's just if you're, you're not just spitballing. You've seen this. Someone's done this. Well, so there's a couple of characters that were created, but they were based off of like art we had. Like there's a recolor of one of the like character art portraits. But there mm-hmm. was someone who did make a. I don't know if they redid Jade to be an entirely new character or did a new character. I can't remember. But like, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. And like Andy helped people when they had questions, and like I think he's still answering the forums. I don't look at them. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's it's. We did as much as we could, and it was a labor of love. And if anybody is, like, really upset about it, like, they can make the game how they want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> we, cool. we made it super moddable on purpose. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's, that's interesting that it really is, it's a design pillar top to bottom, really, is to give the player the ability to, just like you say, see themselves in it. Yep. And you provide as many tools as you were reasonably able. Yeah. I think that's really great that, like, the, the game is uh, moddable and that like, you can, you know, if, if there's something that you want more from the game then you can add more of it to it but is there like is there a part of you that feels like part of the the mechanics or the narrative or is, or is a little bit like lost because of that no no okay. no i mean it's an alien planet it's supposed to be a space colony someone made a cooking i think she's like a food critic mm-hmm. okay she lives in the hotel so yeah. like we made the hotel so you could put your characters in a place where they could live so i mean someone took like sky's art made her a brunette and like made her a food critic and so she wrote all these like dialogues i mean like you can write your own character like yeah. you literally can make a new character so i mean they're just another person like, yeah the base world's still there if they're like kind of kooky or whatever like i mean like have you met people <laughs> <laughs> have you talked to a human yeah so it's just kind of like they they can do whatever they want yeah and i don't think it breaks what the game is because jade's still jade even if you call her something else mm-hmm. and Anthony is still Anthony and her brother, even if you call him something else. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it breaks it at all. No, that's awesome. Cool. Um, uh, So, uh, I wanted to know more about, like, how you express, how the character expresses themselves through the game, through the mechanics and through the narrative. So, you have, you know, they have dialogue trees and such, and uh, the player has agency as to what they decide. But, like, how is a character's personality traits? and uh, past and stuff expressed in the game. So like the player character or like the NPCs? Uh, they're both, actually. Both. Um, so like the player character is myself. Mm-hmm. Um, some, of the, some of the responses, you may notice my sense of sarcasm in them. Um, <laughs> um, but so, I don't know, it's kind of like the player character can choose what I consider to be kind decisions or what I consider to be slightly rude decisions. Mm-hmm. And the NPCs will react in that decision, or sometimes they'll remember the decisions. Um, like they don't remember every time you're smart pants or whatever, but um, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I forget when people are sarcastic with me too, but so they remember what I think are things that are important. So like, I think one of them's like talking about pets and then like, if you eat meat, like if you drink, like they remember things that matter to them. Okay. Um, and so I think, I think the player can choose a lot and you can lie to people too or not. I mean, like maybe you're not lying and then you change your mind. Um, but like, I think a couple different people ask you if you eat meat 
and you could tell one yes and another no, and they're never going to be like, I heard you said. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just kind of like in real life, like you can be one person with the person you're courting and you can be a different person with the people that you're like, I'm never dating this guy. (laughs) You know, like you can be like, yeah, I eat meat all the time. If you want Sky to leave you alone or whatever kind of thing. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's enough personal like responses that the player can kind of like craft themselves a life that they'd want to live. Sure. Um, we purposely left the background kind of vague, which that's one criticism that I've received mm. <laughs> several several <laughs> reviews and people who've talked to me. Uh, like, I just couldn't really get into it because I felt like I didn't know who I was. And it's like, that sounds like you need therapy <laughs> because it's supposed to be you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a character you create with whatever. Like, they're like, oh, did you leave a lover back home or whatever? I think Nessa asks. And it's like. I don't know if you did or not. I don't know if you're lying to her, but yeah. like how you respond is like you crafting your own character. Sure. Yeah, that so, makes yeah. sense. I, I would have had a hard time with that. I remember <laughs> when I first played the game, um, um, Jade uh, asks you not to use the mirror and apparently everybody <laughs> uses the mirror. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was asked not to touch it. She said, go down the hallway. Yeah. So I went down the hallway I and I was like, well, here's where you change what you look like. Yeah, right. That's what it was. I was like, how, how do I change my look? I'm, it's, I mean, my spacesuit is really cool. But. Yeah, they say, don't touch anything, which like I thought like in my gaming experience means touch absolutely everything. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But not Steven. He's like, nope. nope. I follow. I will walk down the hallway like I was told. <laughs> follow to the letter. Well, that is definitely interesting because you you have to express how uh, the game mechanics through dialogue and through narrative in a way that is sort of natural but not exactly prescriptive. Like you're not, you know, like yeah. um, you know, there's there's the Nintendo route where you just have the button prompts in the dialogue. Yeah. You know, like press B to this. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's I like that sometimes. Mm. But then there's also where you really want to make it totally part of the world and very immersive. And sometimes you end up trying to imply that touching everything is good by saying don't touch it, everything. Yeah. So how, what challenge did you, did you have? Any other fun examples? Uh, well, so like the mail system wasn't going to exist at all mm-hmm. in the way that it does. It was going to be where like you could just like the characters would like email you or whatever, basically to like say, oh, thanks for coming over and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it was like after a few play tests, Andy was like, we need a quest log. <laughs> oh. it's like yeah we do because like people would be like now what do i do right and it's like oh. so now you can go read your mail <laughs> <laughs> um so like there there were originally it was just like after event things or like they'd send you gifts or something in your mail but uh then it like kind of updated to be a list of things that you should remember to do also because like we thought about it and it's like, you know, people play these games for fun and sometimes you play it for like eight hours and then not for like a week. Mm-hmm. So when you sit back down a week later and go, oh, what was I doing? again? I know I have to water my crops because that's a given. Yeah. But what else was I working on? Yeah. And now you have like a list in your inbox that's like, oh, you need to find 10 whatever kind of thing and or you need to go talk to this person. And so it's kind of like that's very handy. Yeah, uh, checking a thing off a list is a universal like game experience. We all love doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we all crave that experience. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, I, I wanted to ask like um, some interesting themes that like this game was based off of, and uh, um, and I, I mean, you, you brought up um, 
uh, oh geez, what's the name of the game you brought up? <laughs> Which one? Harvest Moon. That Harvest one. Moon? Harvest Moon. Yes, you brought up Harvest Moon, um, and things like that. But are there other uh, games, um, themes, uh, narratives that like uh, Verdant Skies was uh, inspired by? So. I mean, like, the game itself, I don't know. Like, I feel like any time that you create something, it's obviously informed by the media you've already consumed. Sure. So, like, I played some Dragon Age Inquisition Hardcore, ah. and that is why you can date everybody, because <laughs> I got to the end, no spoilers, and I was like, what? I can't have him? <laughs> so, um, I definitely, like, that kind of inspired the, like, relationshipy type stuff. Um I don't know. I feel like Andy plays a lot of games that I should know. Like he does like city builders and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. I don't really feel like that actually made it into like, because the way the map is like, it's really hard to let the player place a lot of different things. So, I mean like you can put like plots and stuff like that so you can kind of make it, but like where your house is is where your house is. Mm -hmm. And that's like just how it's gotta be. Mm -hmm. um, we had worked in the beginning to try and make it a little bit more, where you could do some more, I mean, like, all of the games in that genre have a little bit of, like, you can build things a certain way or whatever, but, like, it just didn't really work out in the way that we were, like, already halfway made the game. Hmm. So the that was one issue, of the things. Maybe? Yeah, kind of, like, it was just too much to try and, like, make sure it worked constantly, consistently, right. and, like... Yeah. Because people like to break things. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> um, it, even as it is, like some of the things like, why can't I place my animal plot in the middle of the walkway? Well, I don't know, because your NPCs have to walk somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, like they, people wanted to like just make a grid of things. And it's like, well, that there's an event that walks right through there. So there's a path that you can't put something on. Right. And that's not, that explanation is not something that they can digest very easily. Nope. Right. They go, well, I want it. And it's like, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like that that kind of stuff. Like all of the games we've ever played and, I mean, all of the books I've ever read, there's something, all the people I've met, like there's a little bit of somebody I've met in one of the characters or yeah. two of the characters or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's hard to say, like, what inspires you to make a certain thing. But, like... Definitely the genre, like the Harvest Moons and like Rune Factory was like, um, it's just like Harvest Moon, but it's got fighting. And we were like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really dig fighting. It doesn't add anything to the game. And I think that's part of like when we were going through the design docs, like what do we really need and what do we really not need? And like, I know Stardew has the mines and we talked about like, maybe we could have like combat in a certain, I was like, I just don't like combat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I right, just don't right. want it in yeah. my game, yeah. and so we're we're a nonviolent game, um, and some people really miss that aspect of some of the stuff. But it's like if you played Harvest Moon only, I don't think you fight anything in Harvest Moon. Yeah. So it's like the people who come from like Stardew and stuff are like missing that. And it's like, well, it's just it's not important to me, so it's not in there. Right. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like how you're just like I don't want it. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's not in. It's not in there. That's I good. made the game. If you want to make one with fighting, you can. Yeah. In fact, you could probably mod fighting in. I don't know if you could. If you're really, really good at it, possibly. <laughs> yeah, give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> so I really love the the introduction uh, that they like the game has, and I wanted to ask you about like how you came about that. Oh my. God. Yeah. So there's a monumental task of like explaining to players what this world is. Yeah. And the, that that. Oh. Opening sequence, I think, is is really effective. Just getting the notebook. Well, <laughs> I wanted to. I want to take a second and read these. Let me see. I might be able to read you like the 
first Ooh. Uh, intro. Okay. Yeah. So originally, I think it was going to be like a a diary, and you were going to have more of a like bass player. Okay. Um, uh, kind of like an everyman story. Like I wanted it to still be like where you didn't like give exact specifics, but um, it says uh, even the most successful of us has wondered if there's something more. Uh, is this where I'm supposed to be? Oh, even the most blessed has wondered. For the downtrodden, the question becomes an obsession, looking at your life and asking if this is all you're really meant to be. That nagging feeling that there's more. Um, and that's what led me to look beyond the clouds and make the biggest, take the biggest risk of my life. So that was one of them. And then I wasn't unhappy, or maybe I was. Why I even threw my money away on that raffle ticket, I'll never know. Uh, I never win anything, so I didn't anticipate the call. So, like, it was like, did I win a lottery? Is that how we got into space? Right. Like, oh. um, was I just having like an existential crisis and <laughs> I needed something more? Uh, I do like that you have the maybe I was unhappy or maybe I wasn't. It again invites the player to decide, yeah, for themselves either that that you take that literally, like that the the character doesn't know, or let the player choose which is more true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one of the ones that was close to being in there was, uh, what do you see when you look up at the sky? Have you ever wondered what lies beyond the clouds? What untold adventures await those brave enough to venture where most only dare to dream to tread? How have you felt, or have you felt that hollow yearning? Uh, that inquisitive spirit is what led me to take the biggest risk of my life. And then, uh. I think then it talks about the lottery again. So like it was just kind of like a, how do I set up all of this stuff? And then I was like, you know what? The less the better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what's your name? Hop on the rocket. Have fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was like too deep for mm-hmm. the like spirit of the game. I think is right. what it ended up being. Like I wrote a bunch of like really like like why did I go? Blah blah blah. And it's like nope, we're just gonna like you're going and. Bye. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Did you feel that the work you did to sort of establish that intro that never was was that valuable, or was it just a, you needed to do that to get to the simpler to to prove to yourself that simpler was better? I think I had to see it because I think some of those intros were play tested. Oh, okay. Um, play at testing, y'all. By like, <laughs> uh, like I think Andy's sister came over at one point and played with the game for like an hour. And then, like, we had some of our friends come in o- over before we, like, actually publicly showed it to anybody, like, in the local scene. Because it was like, I don't want anybody to see this yet. Um, <laughs> and it was just kind of like, they were too long of intros or, like, they were too, like, telling you how to feel, mm-hmm. even though they weren't. So, it was kind of like it had to, like, be iterated on to mm-hmm. get to the, like, no, you know what? People don't care. Like, and then I thought about it, too. Like, I am so sick of games sticking me, like in this narrative that I have to like go through for five days or whatever. Like, yes, I will go water the seed and come back and go to sleep for some reason. (laughs) Um, So it was like, let's just make it simple, but we do need to ask their name so that we know like what to refer to them, what to refer them as or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, okay, we'll just be like, okay, what's your name? Hop on board. See you later. (laughs) Cool. Well, I I definitely like, like the first character you see is, uh, well, I can't remember her name in the, in the Rosie. Game. Yes, yeah, I, I really like that aspect of it because, like, I feel like in a lot of uh, a lot of games like these, the first character you see is like 
a white guy or something like that. And this game is, uh, I mean, the diversity in this game is wonderful, but uh, the first character you see is not that. Um, I mean, wow, that but came outward. <laughs> <laughs> is not that white guy. Yeah. It's not that, that white guy. That was commented on yes. several times also. Um, yeah. Hopefully um, good ways of it. Right? Some and some not. Okay. But not just not that, but also a kind of unusual, like, represent, representative of the town. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rosie is kind of like, she's like the cover art uh, character for mm-hmm. the game, but also not like, the she's not the main person in the town. Yeah. She's just, so I, I think that's an interesting, you sort of, you just sort of meet a kind of a local weirdo. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. Well, I mean, there's only the two of them when you get there. Yeah. yeah. So like, she's a talker. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't played like a spoiler, yeah. she's a talker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously Jade is not so much. Mm-hmm. So like, she's like, Oh, a new person. I'm so glad to see you. Hi. <laughs> like, I bet she ran down as soon as she saw you coming. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that's definitely, um, for mechanic wise, it made sense that she would be the one to make it. Yeah. Um, and why she is the way she is is just because, yeah, we did want to not have everybody be just like us. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That that was uh, one of the things I remember from PAX West. Uh, one of the ladies who came was like, I love your game because like literally the first person speaks Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, oh, does she? And they're like, it's Ola. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she doesn't say hi. She says Ola. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that's amazing. And I was like, oh, I guess I didn't even think about that. But, like, that was a big thing for this person who's like, I've never seen my language in one of these games. Mm, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess probably not. Well, the narrative tropes a lot of them are built on are sort of <laughs> Midwest farming. And mm-hmm. you're in outer space, so you don't have to toe to any of that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, the best of the best, or whoever was stupid enough to go, is kind of who ended up on the planet. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, so how did you how did you pace the story? Because Verdant Skies is not a short game. Uh, well, it's too short according to some of our reviews. Oh, geez. Um, I think twenty hours is a good like baseline if you're not going to get to know all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be able to unlock everything within that time. Yeah. Um, and that was like a real hard balancing act with Andy, um, like trying to figure out what, like he did the economy stuff. Cause I don't care. <laughs> I'll be realistic. He's like, how much did that cost? I'm like, I don't know what it's worth, whatever you make it worth what it needs to be. <laughs> so like we decided like what characters needed to come to the planet and like how we could unlock different like one of the things that I really dislike is like not being able to like make clothes in those games until like the very end and like stuff like that. So we wanted everybody to be like unlockable fairly quickly. Um, but like we wanted it to be dependent upon like how much you wanted to work for it too. So like the town expansions that like make it available to like recruit other people because like, well, obviously you got to like <clears throat> build the Western expansion or whatever, Eastern expansion. Western expansion to get like new people because there's nowhere for them to live if you don't build it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like basing that on like a couple of play tests and like a couple of like convention play tests to like, okay, we need to like raise the value of this and we need to lower the value of flowers. Thanks lane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. So that we could like kind of come up with a balanced economy to like make it a reasonable amount of time so that you didn't feel like it was too easy to unlock things. But sure. then like at the same time, it wouldn't take you like 50 hours before you could get like patterns for your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, it was definitely a lot of work to get it right. And I still don't know if it is, but it seems like not a lot of people complain. So Okay, that's good. And so like uh, uh, doling out the story points is it sort of weaves in with, with that stuff. Yeah. So like the, the overreaching like story, I guess there's, there's not an end really. Um, there kind of is now with the update with the kids growing up, but like the, the main story basically is just that you're coming to the planet and stuff. And there's not a lot of additional like plot points to hit on that one. Um, so it was more like the character arcs, I guess. So like, you have an, a, a sort of a, a, a full story for each of them. Yeah. So like each character has their own like story and their own like history that you discover through befriending them and dating them and stuff like that. So like those um, was based on how much friendship you could earn like with your daily talking to them. Okay. So that fluctuated between like one point and five points or whatever till we like kind of like nailed that down too because like some, even now some people are like this person wants to sleep with me way too quickly and it's like <laughs> well you've been talking to her every day just saying <laughs> like, um so it was kind of like hard to and i like that's the other one i'm still not sure if we like got exactly right but i feel like they they open up to you at a decent pace mm-hmm. um and some people think that some of the things they reveal are too much for like the second or third part event and it's like well some people are more open i don't know like i tell people a lot of things and i don't know them that well (laughs) uh so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like i think they're true to the npcs yeah who they're supposed to be like what they tell you or what they don't um and the impact of your decisions on like your relationship with them like especially with jade i feel like you have a lot of opportunity to screw it up and like not be her favorite friend. <laughs> um, but I think that they all pace pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah. that's interesting that like that as a result of that character, like their pacing changes and that pacing can help the player understand like what kind of a character this person is. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of the things, like I think the people who like don't like how fast you can befriend people or think that it takes too much to befriend some people. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then you don't get them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know like it's it's a it's like that's how that character is mm-hmm. um and and if you don't just, like it you can mod it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can make the second event they invite you to sleep over I don't care <laughs> uh, so yeah that's cool oh I remember uh when we were doing the code comment there was just a giant thing of text <laughs> there's lots of text lots of text how did you go about organizing all of that text Ooh. Um, so the answer is poorly. Okay. <laughs> you said before, but I've forgotten because it's so big a number. I can't remember it. What? How many? I don't know. Andy tells me I wrote War and Peace or whatever, but I don't know if it's that many. But there's there's a few thousand lines for each character, and there's twelve characters, and then there's the events file, which is like more than that. So I don't mm-hmm. know, like what's twelve and like twenty four thousand? I don't know. Like, it's a lot of lines. Yeah, a lot of lines. <laughs> um, but a, what some of those are like just expressions, like, yeah. you know, like they're smiling when they say this or whatever. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not a lot. I mean, but it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically like the, so I wrote some things down in my notebook, not a lot. And then I have a bunch of half finished Google spreadsheets and mm-hmm. some like just text files that have like lists 
of things. So like the hardest part for me and the thing that I think I failed at was tracking the flags that are set. Oh. Because like they weren't like I didn't know you could do it. Andy says he told me. <laughs> but I didn't remember that conversation. So there are arguments we had. Uh, <laughs> capabilities I didn't know I had. Um, so there, I was like, can't they remember things that you say? And he was like, yeah, set a flag. And I was like, when did you tell me that? That was never in there. Um, so I added a lot of flags later. And so like those I kept pretty good track of, but then the ones that I added as I was writing, I don't know if all of them are ever called, Oh, <laughs> um, but they might be. So uh-huh. like, they'll remember you said like, I like fish. I don't know if they ever like comment on it, mm-hmm. okay. but like they remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might not know they remember, but they do. Yeah. Um, so that kind of thing, like keeping track of what the NPCs know about you was really hard for me. And then um, that's also like what they know that you've said to them too. So like uh, they'll remember if you were like, yes, I like tea. And so like sometimes I'll go, oh yeah, the character, I asked if they like tea we'll have this person. And it's like, oh, it wasn't this person that asked if you like tea. Okay, I'll make this person ask if you like tea. (laughs) Because you might lie to this person. Who knows, right? Right, right. Um, So it was just kind of like keeping track of those was the hardest part. And so that's where where like I would start a spreadsheet and I'd like write like this is the flag, this is what it says, this is the player or the character it's related to. And then I was like, this is stupid. So I just reread all of the dialogues I wrote to like make sure that they were closed brackets so that they wouldn't have errors, and then I still miss something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're hitting on it, but there's like a technical like formatting, and, and uh, Andy described how he wrote you a programming language yeah. uh, for <laughs> this. Uh, what, talk about the moment-to-moment writing of this data. So it started out where I would just write what they said, and then Andy would put whatever mm-hmm. technical stuff in there. <laughs> So um, you use like just like a Word document or Google Sheets? I, well, or? I'd write it in a text file. Okay. I'd be like, I would just be like, player character, something, Rosie, something. And I'd be like, and depending on what you say, she and he'd be like, oh my god, so you gotta <laughs> learn this, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I, yeah, and then I learned how to like make the branching because like it's not like it's just a twine thing. Like it, you have to put like if this jump to that or whatever kind sure, of thing. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I learned that, and then I was like, oh, you know, we should let them have different faces. And he's like, they can. Just let me know when you're ready to learn it. It's <laughs> like I want to know because I want her to like. I don't want to have to add it later. And so mm-hmm. then like we started where I would be like, okay, here they're smiling. And then it was like this was before I got all of the art. Uh-huh. So like some of them are like, oh, they're smiling here. Or, oh, they're doing this here. And then like. Once we put the art in, I was like, they should not be smiling there. <laughs> like, that is too big a smile for that. Uh-huh. But, uh, so it's just kind of like, it was hard because I knew like what the character, the NPC would feel. And so I would be like, oh, they'd be smiling. But like when we actually got the art, it was like, well, their smiling isn't really smiling. Their smiling is their normal face, just not angry, like kind of thing. You know? Right, <laughs> so like smile like, is such a big, broad definition. Yeah, so we had to go back and like fix some of the emotional calls. I remember that being a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like adding friendship. So like that's another thing. Like you can call add or subtract friendship. Uh-huh. Um, you can set a flag for something to happen later. Um, so like when an event ends, I would be able to say like three days from now, cue that event and stuff like that. Oh, cool. It took probably the first year or more and he would be able to know he, he would remember <laughs> it took a long time for me to get all of the technical calls down but like once i did it was 
really cool yeah. to like just not have to ask like, to just be <laughs> able to do it and write it and then script it and then like have the um i can make the characters move too so like during the events where they like walk over to the refrigerator i made that um so i would go into the map and like set a little flag waypoint for them to walk to and stuff like that oh right so, cool yeah we've talked about like building tools and just how important that is yeah and because it just it lets you make things faster. Yes. Right. And lets you, uh, it opens up your creativity to do more. Yeah. And, and that's too, one of the things, like some of the stuff, like, um, like having them face a certain direction or having them like get food, like nourishment from the food. That wasn't a thing that we actually had in there until I was like, you know what? We're having dinner. Why am I still hungry after we have dinner? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. did we just have such a great conversation that I forgot to eat? And it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, we should like add, like health to your health bar after you have a meal with someone. Mm-hmm. And so like things like that would come up after we like wrote the events and started working on it. So yeah, Andy definitely was very patient <laughs> and changed a lot of things to make it easier for me to figure out. Like I know he had to rename some of the like methods or whatever. Or I don't know. I'm not a programmer. So like <laughs> I would be like, I want them to face east or west or whatever. And so like originally it was like they could face left or right. Yeah. Oh. And then I was like, no, I want it N S W N E. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, went went through and changed things so that it would make sense for me because I was the person writing all the events anyways. So right, like, right. we had to change some of the things to make it so that it was simpler for me to remember mm-hmm. mostly. Um but then like I know we had Troy help with some of the dialogues for some of the characters too. And so like I could send him like, this is the stuff that you have to put in each block of text. Right. And so it was like kind of easier to like check that he'd done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then add the like movement too, because like he didn't have the map and the waypoints and everything. Yeah, so like yeah, I yeah. still have to script those. Okay. So you went from, I mean, really you went from being like writing the script to really directing the performance of the characters. Yes. Like with the tool set that, that Andy had built for you. Yeah, it was great because I was like, I was like, oh, I can do the blocking now. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, never mind, drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah. Virtual spike tape. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's all the questions we have for you today, Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there might be some listeners out there who don't already know where to reach you. Oh. Um, where can they find you? Well, I'm super original. So my Twitter handle is Beth Korth. <laughs> uh, and of course verdantskies.com and I think that's pretty much the only places you can find me I kind of fell off lately because I have a three year old so uh, understandable. I haven't tweeted for probably like six months or something but I do read them so like if I'm mentioned I will check it <laughs> well and of course if you want to uh, hear uh, more wisdom and writings from Beth you should get yourself a copy of Verdant Skies yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> that's available on, on Steam on Itch through the Humble Store and on Cartridge hey oh wow so many options so many there's <laughs> really no excuse this there's point. really no excuse <laughs> Um, are, are you working on any other Jordan Skies content right now? Uh, like, so it's in my head, right? Like, mm-hmm. the world is in my head. So, like, that's one of the things that's always going on, like, as a writer, whether there will ever be, a sec- like, a second sequel or anything. Probably not. Whether yeah. there will be an update, maybe. Uh, I do do feel like I owe it to the people who can't stop until there's an end to give an end to the player's story in the planet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Andy's done that. Because I know he's been like doing updates, and I haven't 
had a chance to check them out because I've been really busy. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, it's it's out, and I kind of don't want to touch it again. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> um, but I do, I do feel like there should be a closure thing because that's one thing that, like, four or five people have, like, said. They're like, when can I stop? And I'm like, honey, whenever you need to. <laughs> and they're like, no, when's the end? And it's like, oh, well, there's not... Really right, you just live there now. <laughs> That's your life. Like, you can come and go whenever you need. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if there could be like a closure for the how you deal with your um, corporate bosses, I guess. Yeah, that would be like nice. Yeah, but no promises. <laughs> <laughs> so Verdant Sky's final chapter, you know, do out question mark. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. TBD. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. It's really great to have you back again. Talk a little bit more about your half of the project. It was super fun. (laughs) Would do again. (laughs) That's good. Wait, you mean the project or being on the program? Both. (laughs) (laughs) There's like, it's, you, you sound, it's like so exhausted and done, but you're like, Drop of a hat. I would do it all over again. I would. I <laughs> don't know. That's the folly of the game designer. That's right. right. Yeah. I could do it better this time, too. <laughs> that's what we all tell ourselves. I know, but is it true? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I have more story to tell someday. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I'll leave it. Well, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends, too. Beth, will you leave a review and tell all your friends, too? Uh, if I haven't, I should. <laughs> <laughs> We've given you multiple opportunities. <laughs> Why do you think we keep having you back on? <laughs> I feel like I go home and I forget, and then it's gone. <laughs> well, that's what this is supposed to, it's supposed to remind you. <laughs> well, listeners at home, that's your excuse, too, I'm sure. Yeah. As it just doesn't stick in your mind, but you... Write it on your hand or whatever. Uh (laughs) Set an alarm. Give us that review. Please do. We also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. And email us at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host as well as your nice guest. And get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.